0: Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friend and welcome to the Words of Jesus series again I'm Don Harris, we're going to continue Chapter 27 of our little book Certain of the scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, "Master, we would see a sign of thee." Jesus answered, "An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there is no sign be given it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah: for as Jonah was 3 days and 3 nights in the whale's belly, so shall the son of man be 3 days and 3 nights in the heart of the earth." The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he saith, I'll return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. Now, you know, if, if you're a, a regular listener to this program, you might be saying, that's all he talks about is eternal security and Sabbath day. And look, I'm just going through a little book here. And this little book has given us the words of Jesus. So he's picking the topics, not me. I'm sorry. I know last show was kind of rough about eternal security. And, you know, there's certain aspects of it I suppose you can trust in. Like I say, I don't think people should walk around in fear of their salvation. I don't think that's right. Uh, I think people should feel safe and secure. But they should feel safe and secure because they are safe and secure. And not because they've convinced themselves by twisting some scripture or believing the words of men over the words of Jesus Christ. So, there are are some beautiful aspects to having confidence in your salvation. However, you can't just make it up. Now, here, um, Jesus actually covers a couple of topics. Um, They came to Jesus and asked for a sign. Jesus said that I'm not going to give any sign except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, the Protestant Church, uh, well, I guess it's the Catholic Church as well, um, has absolutely decimated this sign. They have made this into absolute worthlessness. What what in the world are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you. He gave us a sign, or he said, I'm going to give them one sign, one sign. And from that one sign, you can either believe I am who I say I am or not. But you need to know that if you do decide that I am not who I say I am, there are people in history that believed at a lot less sign than this that are going to stand and be your judges. Now, when Jesus uh, told the story of the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man was concerned about his brethren back home because he found himself in this terrible place of torment. And um, he said, I've got I've got a concern here. What about my brothers that are at home? I don't want them to come to this place. I need to go back and tell them. You're not going anywhere, buddy. Well, how about Lazarus? He's, he looks like he's got time on his hands. <laughs> how about sending him? And uh, he says, no, nah, that's not necessary. Well, I don't want them to suffer like I'm suffering. And he says, well, Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Nay, Father Abraham, he says, if one came back from the dead, then they would listen. Abraham said, nope, they won't be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Now, Jesus told this story, and he put those words in Abraham's mouth. And therefore, I happen to believe that Jesus was well aware of the state of the human condition at this point, that they wouldn't be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I think that it was a prophecy on his part about his own death, about his own situation. He knew that him coming out of the grave was not necessarily going to convince anybody who weren't already inclined to serve God by keeping the commandments of Moses. Isn't that amazing that that, that when it came to his concern about the salvation of his brother, talking about this rich man, Abraham's answer to him was, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Why didn't he say, "They'll, they'll have a Bible, they'll be all right. Why didn't he say, well, you ever heard of Chick Tracks? Yeah, man. Chick publications? Yeah. There's plenty of them out there. They're stuck on every gas pump. It'll be okay. No, you see, it's the commandments of God that bring us to Christ. Paul said it's our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. That's what they're for. I've heard preachers say that God made the Ten Commandments just to prove to you that you're a sinner, I mean I don't need any proof <laughs> I don't need a bit of proof. I got that down pat. No, the Bible says that the commandments are the schoolmaster to bring us to christ schoolmaster to bring us to Christ and um so he's he is telling Abraham is telling him that they got a schoolmaster. the commandments of Moses will bring them here if, if there's if they're if they're inclined to be here, they'll be here. If they're not, they'll be there with you. Wow, that just seems awfully cold. I don't know that it's cold as much as it is just factual. Just because facts don't make you happy don't mean that they're wrong. And uh, so here you have these men saying to Jesus, give us a sign and we'll believe. Jesus says, no, you won't. (laughs) No, you won't. I've already learned better than the sign business. You know, I've parted Red Seas throwing rocks from heaven and killing your enemies while they're chasing you across the desert and you still worship idols. I've done everything I know to do Sent you bread from heaven. You know, we bring rain, we bring drought, we do this and we do that and it just doesn't work. I'm, I'm through with signs. I'm going to give you one more sign and that sign you better pay attention to. If you don't, you're going to answer to a whole lot of people. Not only me, the Queen of Sheba is going to want to know what the heck is wrong with you. She traveled from Egypt all the way up to see Solomon just to meet somebody with some wisdom. And she's thinking, well, you can't, uh, you can't follow a sign uh, like the prophet. You, uh, somebody being raised from the dead's not enough for you? She's going to ask you some questions. Because a greater one than Solomon's here now. It only took Solomon to get her up here. And what I'm doing is not affecting you at all. I'll tell you, these things are pretty condemning. Now, she's saying, uh, you know, that it's, or at least he's saying that she is going to condemn us uh, because a greater prophet is here now than than she came to see. Um, and Jesus is saying that, uh, you know, these signs are not going to work. They haven't worked in the past. You know, you're just mistaken if you think that if you see a sign, that you're going to do better. Wicked, you know, lawless people, they look for signs, but no sign's going to be given to you or them, except one more. One more you're going to see. Now, you know, when it gets down to, like, last chance, when it gets down to the last cookie in the jar, I don't know. It's just—it's just, it's the last one. It's got a—it's got a—an air about it. It's got a difference about it that kind of wakes you up. You know, you look at the cookie jar. <laughs> Is that the last one? Was that the last one? Hey, who ate the last pancake? <laughs> it's just that last one, isn't it? Well, friend, we're talking about the last sign. And you know what? Somebody reached in the cookie jar and took that last cookie out and threw it to the birds. The ants are out there eating it right now. Nobody got it. It was our last sign, and nobody got it because the church took it and absolutely decimated it. How did they do that? You know how that happened? Jesus said what that sign was. He said, you remember Jonah... He went into the belly of the fish and he was there for 3 days and 3 nights. I am going to show you a sign that is going to be that is going to parallel that. The son of man, me, I am going into the heart of the earth and when I do, I'm going to be there for 3 days and 3 nights. Now, This is not difficult. That is 72 hours, is it not? That is 72 hours. Now, what we need to do is, we need to take, let's ignore the fact that Jesus never told us to uh, celebrate His resurrection. Let's ignore that. Ignore the fact that He told us to celebrate the day of His death. Let's ignore the prophet Jonah. Ignore this sign And uh, let's institute... uh, Oh, I got an idea. Good Friday. We'll call it Good Friday. I never understood this. This is the worst Friday in the world. I mean, they think that he was crucified on Friday. And uh, so they're going to call this Good Friday? Does anybody see anything wrong with that? (laughs) Boy, I do. So what exactly is happening here? Buddy, this is... You know, I'm just not much for, uh, you know, putting my finger in Satan's face and telling him that, you know, he caused this. But this is so huge and so pervasive. I have a hard time believing that he didn't institute this idea. This last sign was decimated. How so? Three days and three nights. Three days, three nights. Three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. This is so clear. Can you find three days and three nights between Friday and a Sunday morning resurrection? Can you do that? Listen, you know what the truth is? Let me tell you. If that is so, if he was indeed crucified on Friday, and he wasn't, and he was indeed raised on Sunday, and he wasn't, if that is true, then he's not the Messiah. He's not who he said he was. He said, this is my sign, and it's the last one. He didn't stay in the grave three days and three nights. Not if he was crucified on Friday and raised Sunday morning. So, that sign never came to pass. I guess he wasn't who he said he was. I guess we can quit now. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) What's the point? What is the point in continuing? You know, if we have hope only in this life, if there is no resurrection, if Jesus didn't come out of the grave and there is no such thing as resurrection, Paul says, if we have hope only in this life, we are of all men most miserable. Why are we preaching this if this, if that's not true? Friend, here's the great news, and I wouldn't dare leave you here. I got to tell you that uh, there's no truth in that Friday and Sunday thing at all. As a matter of fact, the scriptures are really clear as to when these things happened. Um, You you got trouble with Jesus dying on a Wednesday? You want to call it Good Wednesday? (laughs) I don't want to. But I'm saying that Jesus died on a Wednesday. There's no reason to believe anything else. Hey, you know, if if you've got questions on this, and and, and this really gets detailed because um, you've got four Gospels. And all four of those Gospels mention the resurrection, and none of the four stories <laughs> are the same. But do you realize that when you put, when you have the background that you need to have, which is understanding the Sabbath, oh, there's that Sabbath again, <laughs> understanding what Sabbath is, understanding what the laws of God are, and the feasts of the Lord, and these kind of things that, that I spend a lot of time teaching on. When you understand all these things, man, that resurrection story just falls into place. And all four of these Gospels reconcile one to the other. And it tells this beautiful story. And you know exactly when he died. You know exactly when he was put into the grave. And you know exactly when he came out. How many women were at the tomb? One or several? Don't know. Depends on which Gospel you read. Was the stone rolled away when they got there? Or did it roll away after they got there? Don't know. Depends on which Gospel you read. Was was there angels waiting outside the, the tomb? Or were they inside? I don't know. It depends on what gospel you read. No, no, no. See, all these things, they come together to reconcile and tell a beautiful story. If you've got the background, you understand that the next day after his uh, crucifixion was not Saturday. It wasn't the weekly Sabbath. It was the first day of unleavened bread, which is a Sabbath day. The first day of unleavened bread was on a Thursday that week. He died on Passover. But we don't even understand what Passover is. That's something the Jews do. Um, So we don't even talk about it. What are we waiting for? Easter Sunday. Well, look, Easter Sunday, he's gone. (laughs) He's been gone. That wasn't when he raised from the dead. That's when they found that he was gone. When did he come out of the grave? Guess what? 72 hours after they put him in there. Just like he said he was going to do, which means that he rose from the dead just before sundown on the Sabbath day. Uh, amazing. But here we go. I know, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to believe all this or all this stuff is, is so important that. You know, that you're lost without it. I'm not doing that. I won't do that to you. I'd appreciate you not doing it to me. But do you have any appetite for the truth here? I think this is so neat. It's so neat knowing the truth about the resurrection. To know the truth about when he was killed. Do you even know why he was killed? Do you know why he's called Jesus our Passover? Uh, that, you know, the Passover was supposed to be a lamb. Where's the lamb? Uh, I mean, there's so many questions that come from this, and they're all answerable once you get this stuff right. How do you get this right? you got to believe in this sign. Jesus says, I'm going to give you one more sign. you got to believe in the sign, friend. You, you, you have to believe that what Jesus said he was going to do that he actually did when you start with the truth the irrefutable unchangeable immutable truth of what he actually said and build your resurrection story from there it's easily done but you want to you want to hang on to easter well we you know we don't keep easter like everybody does we don't do easter egg hunts and oh my goodness really that's that's your answer to easter is you don't do Easter egg hunts? You don't talk about the Easter bunny? You might as well. <laughs> you might as well do it. I mean, it's, the, the little rabbit is a sign of fertility. The egg is a sign of fertility. Uh, Semiramis, uh, uh, Ashtaroth, sign of fertility. Uh, Ashtaroth's name was what? Ishtar. Uh, you want to pronounce that the way they pronounced it? You say, Easter. <laughs> What's the difference? I mean, you know, it's like we talked about a couple of shows back. Jesus says, you know what? Either make the tree good and the fruit good or make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. But a, a good tree can't bring forth corrupt fruit. A corrupt tree can't bring forth good fruit. The uh, Solomon said, I just don't think that a uh, clean thing can come out of an unclean thing. And so, you want to continue keeping Easter? Well, that's fine, but keep Christ out of it. He has nothing to do with it. Well, I just think that, you know, we should celebrate the day of his resurrection. Well, he didn't. He said, you need to celebrate the day of my death. What day is that? You got any idea? It's Passover. That's the day... That he died. That's what we're so. That's what we're supposed to keep. It's really too simple to get this wrong, folks. <laughs> too simple. So he says, "You want a sign? Forget it. I'm not giving any more signs. Okay, I'll give you one more. I'm going to forecast my death and how long I'm going to be in the grave. And and you think, well, how important is that? I'm telling you, this is so important that. Without knowing this, he's not the Son of God; he's not the messiah and And why should we even believe that he raised from the dead and If they just made this story up, why didn't they just say he was in the grave for three days and three nights, or I don't know why there's just so many mistakes made here. It's so ridiculous. You know what? I just took a broom to the whole thing, yeah, and let's just start over. Let's start over with the scriptures. I want you to know also that uh, he, he ends this whole thing talking about. He says that when a, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Now listen. If we do take this seriously and we want only the truth, we want to deal in truth and truth alone, we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. When that happens, you're employing a a power of God to sweep your house clean of paganism and foolishness and lies and fables and rituals and rites and stuff. Man, the... You just pull one of, those big, uh, one of those big dumpster bodies, those big dump- wheeled dumpsters off up into your driveway, let them drop it off, and just clean a house. You're, g- you're going to be shocked at how, how permeated your life is with, with these kinds of things and these kinds of thoughts. It's going to take years. If, if you decide to worship God in spirit and in truth, and you decide to remove from your life anything that's just simply not true, or the scriptures teach against it. You're going to fill the dumpster, but it's going to take a while. But if you do, and you employ the Spirit of God to help you with this, and and there is this cleaning that takes place, you are in one of the most vulnerable situations you can ever be in. Why is that? Because you've got a house full of empty shelves, empty rooms. Yeah, it's all swept and garnished, but... The guy knocking on the door out there, he's the fellow that used to live here. And as soon as your back is turned, he's crawling in the window and he's bringing his friends with him and they're going to party. You have to populate that house with, you have to furnish that house with what needs to be in that house, which is truth, my friend. This is why you can't just throw Easter away. You have to keep the Passover. You just leave this room empty, it's going to get filled up, and it's going to get filled up with something worse than you had before. I think inherently we know this. That's why we're kind of afraid to walk away from things like this. You know, I don't know what I'm opening myself for. Well, if your intention is to get your clues and your and your uh, responsible living and your your character and what you believe, and these kind of things from the scriptures, you're going to have plenty of furniture to fill this house. There's not going to be room for the bum and his friends. This is not going to happen. But we're going to have to populate this house with the truth. Now, I just gave you a kind of a shotgun look at all this stuff. You, ha- There's a lot of facts whizzing around the room. Some of them are bouncing off your forehead, and they're laying in the floor now. <laughs> I understand that. There's a lot to learn here. But um, it's, it's not beyond your learning. And uh, all the paganism and the foolishness that's attached to it, it's not beyond you erasing it. It can go. It'll go. And uh, you know what you're going to feel? You're going to feel clean. You're going to feel informed. And you're going to feel like you're really worshiping God in truth for the first time in your life. You can't worship God with Easter. You can't do it. You can't worship God with Christmas. But that's another story for another day. Um, we just need to be very, very careful. Hey, if you want information on this resurrection thing, I've got a DVD called, uh, Reconciling the Resurrection. Uh, we make our materials available at no charge to people who uh, want these things. And so I'd love to hear from you. And if you, if you mention that you'd like to have a copy of Reconciling the Resurrection, I'll see to it that you get it. And, um... It goes into a lot of these details and things that you can actually see these things happening and and know in in, in the chronological order of things and and reconciling those four Gospels. Um, And I believe uh, there's a sheet that comes with that DVD that uh, lists the resurrection accounts of all four Gospels and shows you uh, how and where those sentences can fall in that chronological order that it can all make sense to you. It's really a neat thing to do. And, uh, and to be prepared for the next Easter and or Passover, whatever you happen to celebrate, um, to be ready for, to, and, and knowing these things, it'll be a different experience for you. All right, uh, looks like our time is gone. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to, you can write to me with your questions or comments and mention the, resu- the Reconciling the Resurrection DVD and I'll be glad to send that to you. But um, you could just simply write to me, Don, at thinkredinc.com. If you just simply want to order the resurrection, Reconciling the Resurrection video, send that to info at uh, But I'd, I'd love to hear from you personally. If you'd like to write to the ministry, um, then you can simply write to thinkredincministries at... P.O. Box 718 Pai Town New Mexico 87827 Are you starting to think red ink right now or is, are things still spinning? We'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>